You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about becoming fuckless. Now, before y'all think I'm just here to drop a bunch of F-bombs, first, you're not wrong because I am a fan. But secondly, and more importantly, regardless of your stance of the quote-unquote F-word, this concept is necessary and worth a deep dive, especially for women, especially for business owners and entrepreneurs, which is why we have today's guest joining us. I met the lovely Gianna Biscontini in October of 2022 at Heroic Public Speaking in Lambertville, New Jersey. Never did I think such great things would be coming out of Jersey, but you know, surprise, surprise. Um, and I quickly became fascinated with her work and her perspective as an entrepreneur, behavioral scientist, feminist, and woman. She has great insight into the way society presents itself to women and the very fun mind games we play with ourselves. Earlier this year, she published her book, Fuckless, and I'm pumped to dive into what it truly means to become fuckless. Welcome to Iloma, Gianna. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So we're going to get into it. I love your book. Uh, I think I love the concept. I love all the things. And I want to give you a quick shout out too, because you open it up with so much honesty and vulnerability. Um, anybody who's listening definitely needs to check out the book. And in the first couple, maybe the first chapter, first few pages, you just kind of lay it all out there. So tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind this book. So I did not know the book was going to be me being vulnerable. My original idea, (laughs) (laughs) surprise, the original idea was to interview, which I still ended up doing, um, to interview people about the societal beliefs that women are given. Um, And so I started talking about the book and talking to people about the book. And I started interviews with friends and other connections that I had just in the, in the data gathering storytelling phase. And for, mm-hmm. for every interview that I conducted, all of these memories started coming up and all of these experiences. And I don't know where they were hiding, but they were there. Mm-hmm. And these, you know, Hey, let's have a quick interview, 45 minutes. I'm writing this book, turn into just hours and hours of conversations oh, wow. with people. Because when one person opens up, it creates space for the other person to safely open up. And so there was a lot of back and forth. And, you know, it's one thing to tell someone else's story, which I'm so honored for everybody that shared their stories with me, because then you have to tell someone else's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I didn't take that for granted. But in addition to telling someone else's story as best you can and honoring their process, I think it's also really powerful to share your own story because, you know, I could talk about how Oprah struggled or whatever, but most people aren't Oprah. Right. And so if only, right. right. (laughs) (laughs) Dreams, my dreams and goals. Um, But it's easy to say, well, she's freaking Oprah. So, you know, of course she rose up and did all these things, but who am I, you know? Um, And so I, I think it was just extra powerful for me to share my story and, and the vulnerability of others really brought out um, my desire to be vulnerable as well. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's why it resonates with so many people. Yeah. You know, uh, I've been toying with this concept of vulnerability a lot in the last year or so. 
And um, I love the perspective of vulnerability is a strength versus a weakness because I think it's so true. Like I think it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable and 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 own your story and tell your story. Mm-hmm. Because when does it? When do you ever tell your story? And there's not one other person who's like, "I'm so glad you said that because I've been feeling that way too." Like, yeah. it's a human connection. It, it's you know when I hear people t- ask me or talk about vulnerability. I want to say, why are we still debating this? Right? Why yeah. are we why are we still talking about is vulnerability a good thing? Like if Brene Brown didn't do the job for us, you know, right. we we know as individuals when we hold back and we want to share, but we don't, and someone else says, I experience this, I feel that way, I am not happy in my marriage, I'm not happy in my body, I am, you know, I was sexually harassed at work, whatever it is, you go, mm-hmm. I'm not the only one, right? And there's yeah. a, even if you don't speak up, there's a through line, there's a connection to that person. And they immediately in that space become just as human as everybody else, just as human as Mm -hmm. you. And so there's, there's health benefits to that. You know, I think we're so afraid that we can't see the logic in vulnerability Mm. because we're so caught up behind this cloud and this you know, this armor of, no, I don't, I don't struggle with that. I don't suffer with that. I don't experience that. It's like, well, that's not very interesting to me. You know, I've always been that person who people say, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but, and then continue to spill their guts. Right. Yeah. And so, but I have backstage passes to people's souls and their stories. And so I know that no one is perfect. I've worked with celebrities. I've worked with really well-known people. And, you know, I treat them just like everybody else because they are, because I know humans are humans are humans are humans, behaviors, behaviors, behavior and life, you know, no one's spared from the things in this life. And so Mm -hmm. the, the sooner we can get over that and share and open and create a safe space for others to do the same. Mm -hmm. I think the, the healing process and the process of growth and developing in your humanity is, is that much more rewarding and and simple. I love that. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about what the tipping point was from taking all of these people's brave, honest, vulnerable stories and, and your experiences and your experience as a behavioral scientist and understanding human behavior. What was that tipping point that led you to realize this needed to become a published work of art? I remember the exact moment. I woke up October 1st, 2019. And I was really (laughs) fucking angry um, about who I was supposed to be in the world. And um, I don't know what had happened to make me wake up so angry. I was in the middle of deciding to leave my marriage. I know that had something to do with it, but I think it was just that, that it was like accumulation of of Mm -hmm. everything. And I sat down and for the first time I opened my laptop to write a journal entry, which is crazy because I've kept paper journals since I was eight years old. I never journal on a computer. And, um, I think I just had so much coming that my, I knew my hand was not going to keep up with my brain. Right. And so I I flipped open my laptop and I wrote the first five pages to fuckless. Starting wow. with women are conditioned to be the air and water that um, serve, but do not disrupt everyone around us. And 
Oof. I wrote I wrote the first five pages and typically when I write, I have no idea. And so when I go back and read what I wrote, it's like it's like a whole new thing. I, I, I don't remember what I've written. And so I went back and I wrote I, I read the first five pages after I wrote it. And I thought, this is the book. This is the moment. Mm. I had wanted to be a writer for 10 years, almost. Oh, to the wow. Month. Almost to the month. I remember being told you're, you can't be a writer. That's silly. You're in grad school for something different. All the punishment from everyone around me. I remember exactly when it was, and it was almost 10 years to the month. And, um, there was something, you know, serendipitous. And so I was like, this is it. This is, this is the book. I love it. I love it. So you, you come at this perspective of becoming fuckless from so many different unique experiences. And I think, you know, a lot of people listening might be wow, entrepreneurs, they might be women, et cetera, but you also are a behavioral scientist. So in writing this book, I think that that's something so beautiful and unique you bring to the table. What were a few key insights that, and it, you name these in the book, but that are backed by behavioral science that people need to know about? So I think it's, this is the non-sexy stuff, right? And I am into energy work and quantum physics and manifesting and all of that. And it's very, very real to me. Um, There is a non-sexy side to behavior change and that's understanding why we do what we do. So Mm. there are a lot of social scientists out there talking about why we do what we do. I am a board certified behavior analyst, which means I am in the natural sciences. And so this is just the behavior of all organisms, not just humans. Um, Okay. And so, you know, I think it is a bit reductionist, but having the foundations to why we do what we do is so important because learning these things made me so much more patient with myself, with Mm -hmm. humanity. I'm someone that gets very frustrated and irritable with with people. Mm -hmm. And um, after having this education and experience as a behavior scientist, behavior analyst, I realized give everyone a break. We're all under these, contingen- <laughs> we're all under these contingencies, right? We're all kind of a, a product Life of advice. Our- give <laughs> everyone, everyone just a break. Chill out. <laughs> chill the fuck out. Yeah. Get off people's jocks. And so <laughs> one of the things is the four functions of human behavior. And the first thing that comes before that is how behavior happens. It's in the system called a three-term contingency. It's antecedent behavior consequence. Something happens, it triggers a behavior, something else happens Mm -hmm. in a cycle, right? That consequence is an antecedent for something else. And so we cycle through these things all day, every day, from seeing a stop sign to having your spouse, you know, say something to you to hunger. Everything we do is kind of controlled by this. There's actually a four-term contingency, but we don't have time for that. Um, And so it's just cycles. The consequences either reinforce or punish our behavior. It makes us more likely to do that thing in the future, given the same circumstances, or less likely to do that thing in the future under those circumstances. And so if every time I scratch my nose, you give me $500, what am I going to do? I'm scratching my nose. I'm scratching my nose. Yeah. Um, If every time I scratch my nose, you take money from me or tell me that I'm a bad person, that's punishing, right? I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah. And so it is way more complex than that. Um, But that's kind of what I start with in the book. And, you know, what does this have to do with being fuckless? You walk into a room, you speak up, you're excited about an idea. Nobody listens to you. The man next to you repeats it and everyone 
treats him as if he is a visionary, right? Mm-hmm. How does that feel? Does that make you want to speak up more in the future? Um, yeah. No, it's extremely punishing. And if that happens enough, um, you just, it's learned helplessness. No matter what I do, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just atrophy and we become a little bit dead inside. And mm-hmm. um, and so I really feel like it's important for people to understand that there, there are many rules, but there are some basic rules to why we behave. Um, and the, there are four categories of why we behave to access attention, which is not a bad thing. When we say she just wants attention, that's mm-hmm. that's punishing a woman just for being a woman. We all, we want attention. It's just what you do to We're get that humans. attention. Right. Um, wanting attention is not a bad thing. It's how we obtain the attention that is healthy or unhealthy. Attention, uh, a tangible item, money, food, whatever. Escape or avoidance. We're really, really good at this to temporarily or permanently escape or avoid uh, an icky feeling or a person or an uncomfortable situation. And then the fourth one is automatic reinforcement, right? I go for a run. It doesn't matter if I get attention for it. It doesn't matter if someone pays me. It doesn't matter if I'm escaping an aversive stimulus. It just feels good. It's not socially mediated. It has nothing to do with anybody else. Um, you can enjoy running for any function, right? Running can serve any of those functions. Um, but this is why this is what puts the analysis in behavior analysis, because it requires you to dig a, a little bit deeper to figure out why we're doing what we're doing. Interesting. Okay. So (laughs) I'm taking notes over here. Would it be fair to say if anybody's who's listening is curious, like I am that as we go about our day, if we just kind of pay attention to how we're operating and then we ask ourselves, you know, like take a step back. Why am I doing this? Is it for attention? One, two, is it for a tangible item? Three, am I avoiding something or trying to get away from it? And four, is this just like a natural, like, yeah, this just feels good or it comes automatically. Like, is that, is that one way that we might be able to become more aware of ourselves? Yes. And I actually embed that into the exercises after every chapter or the first, you know, the, the 10 fucks in there, those are actually (laughs) naturally embedded because I don't expect that to everything that I just said. Right. I don't expect that to stick with people. People go to school for a really long time to like nail this down. Um, and so the questions that I ask at the end of every chapter are when and with whom do you feel this way? Right. It's a positive thing. When Mm. and with whom, you know, for example, when and with whom do you feel like you have to play small? Mm -hmm. When and with whom do you feel like you can be your best and speak up and be heard, right? That's mm-hmm. really important because yeah. and there are a bunch of other exercises or questions yeah. after that to help you kind of narrow down, oh my gosh, when I'm around this person, I feel like I have to be small or mm-hmm. I get punished in some way. And so it really draws your attention to what's going on around you, right? Yeah. What are What is your external environment conditioning you to think where do be say and then the hard work comes in leaving those situations mm-hmm. or building boundaries um which we i'm sure we'll get into but yes the 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 science is kind of built into the questions at the end of every chapter to kind of yeah. lead you to to develop and see those patterns no i love that i love that so um yes go buy the book and do the questions but in the event that right now you're just walking around and in your day, 
Ask yourself those questions. To all my women small business owners providing professional business services, I am thrilled to introduce the 100 Collective. The 100 Collective is a directory and membership for women just like you, designed by women just like you. Our goal is to help owners build stronger businesses and help 1 million women build more financially free and fulfilling lives by leveraging our collective network. We created the 100 Collective to make it easy to find women small business owners to work with and hold a safe and supportive environment to thrive within. Memberships start as low as $9 per month, or you can join the directory for free today at the100co.com. Um, another thing that you bring up in the book is you talk about these three truths. And I really like, I mean, again, shout out, like Gianna's done a beautiful job organizing the book and giving like actionable takeaways and reflections, et cetera. Um, but I really like these and I, I believe I agree with you. I think that they are truths and I'm curious as to how you landed on them. So these are the three truths and I hope I get these right word for word. We'll see. Um, truth one, your wants and needs are real and deserving of attention. Truth two, you will never truly benefit by denying your authentic self. Truth three, you are the only person responsible for your happiness. Yes. Well done. So I take, I like to take notes when I (laughs) sit and read books. Um, But I love these because I think that they're so poignant and they're so on the, on the nose. And I feel like you probably could have added 15 more to this, but I'm just curious as to how you landed on these three and why you felt like these were the most important ones. I am big on accountability and responsibility in taking agency over our own lives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, the, a lot of what went into those questions was just a result of my own experience. Um, yeah. I am not, I'm not unique as a human. I am a human who experiences the things that everybody else does. So I self-reflect a lot, mm-hmm. but you know, I've been a coach for a really long time and people have shared a lot with me over my life. And I really enjoy getting to know people and their stories. And I pick out patterns that other people don't realize are there. And so I realized the power of those three truths because they're not easy to hear, right? Um, No one else is responsible for your happiness except for you. Like no one wants to believe that. Yeah. We want, we want to say, but my mom and my dad and my, you know, spouse and my best friend, like they're all, they're all responsible. No, they're not. Um, we're yeah. responsible for ourselves. And trust me, being responsible for one human is enough, right? It's plenty. Yeah. Right. If you want, if you want to go deep and and live an interesting, messy, beautiful life, um, you know, taking agency over yourself is enough. Mad respect to parents out there. And so I think arriving at at those three truths and seeing them as truth is really the first step in in absorbing the rest of the content yeah. in this book. Um, I, I see a lot of women push off their needs and wants as undeserving of attention because that's what society tells them yeah. about their needs, needs and wants. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we never benefit from playing small. I've just, I've never personally witnessed that. Um, it's not really, really yeah. not, not really. No. Um, 
from being kind. Yes. From learning to speak professionally and and manage your emotional content in a moment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, But to dim yourself down, you know, that's how we end up 10 years later wondering what happens (laughs) to all of our potential. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's when that's when truth three is really important because we want to go. Well, nobody else helped me. Well, nobody else promoted it's on me. you. Like, guess mm-hmm. what? They didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Sweet child, that was not up to them. That was up to you mm-hmm. to stand yeah. up and speak up and say, "This is what I want, and this is how I'm planning to get it, and this is what I need from you. Would you like to help me? Is that an interest to you?" Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think those three truths are extremely powerful to understand. Absolutely. And I think when I, so I was, I'm listening to your book. Uh, so I get to listen to you. Oh God. <laughs> speak your book the whole time. Um, but I, I think I had to re at a wind rewind and listen to those again. And especially, I mean, they're all super powerful, but especially number two, you will never truly benefit by denying your authentic self. I think that's so loaded because it's so much work to first find your authentic self. So like, let's put that out there, like to all listening who are so confused as to what the hell is going on. It's okay. It takes a lot of time to find your true authentic self and then to have the guts and the courage to stand up and protect that and, and really step into it. I think that's so loaded and and so beautiful. Um, and yeah, like to what you said earlier, it's none of these are easy to hear or accept to be truths, but they are. Yeah. And, you know, on the point of that, this, the second truth about being your authentic self, I would 100% agree with you. Um, there's a lot of self-help and inspirational stuff and all kinds of support for women. Stand up, speak up, be yourself, be yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. shine your light, do your thing. That's really, um, is not helpful for someone who has spent years, decades, looking around to see what everybody else is going to accept and Mm. reward and understand. And so if your worth and value has been placed on your appearance or the money you make, or I mean, this goes for any human, but obviously we're talking to women. If your value has been, if you've been overvalued for something, um, and you don't really care about it, right? Say it's the way that you, the way that you look or the money that you make, eventually that just stops mattering. Mm -hmm. And you say, I'm not this person, you know, I'm so much more than how I appear when I walk into a room. I'm so much more than my financial success, but I don't know what any of that is. I just Mm -hmm. know that this doesn't feel right. I've been playing a role for a really long time and I was living off of everybody else's acceptance of that. Mm -hmm. But you get to a certain age, 30s, mm-hmm. 40s, maybe your mm-hmm. 50s, where you're like, no, that's not who that's I am. Not me. Yeah. And so, in order for us to help women be themselves, we have to help them know themselves. Yeah. Um, and you're right. And then walking out in the world, that's the whole second part of the book, right? Let's talk about what's going to happen when you take this new version of yourself out into the world, because most people aren't going to love it. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It means that you have changed things and we hate change um, for the most part, mm-hmm. even people that love us. So mm-hmm. I love it. Um, you know, Gianna, when we met, uh, you heard me talk a little bit about how uh, we define success. And again, like as we talk about finding your authentic self and 
I also believe that the definition of success is very personal one for each individual. And we briefly spoke about this. Um, but I, I'm curious as to how you are defining success for yourself right now in whatever areas of life you want to dive into. Absolutely. Um, and my systematic uh, science brain makes sure that I am systematized in <laughs> in my own success because society gets in the way, ego gets in the way, shoulds get in the way, automat- automatic behavior gets in the way. Um, mm-hmm. My definition of success is to ensure that I'm living my values and that I am living through them and honoring them. And so my values are creativity. I am a creator, which I just realized over the last couple of years as I was stuck in the pandemic, um, which I knew, but now I'm actually doing. Uh, exploration, whether I'm exploring a new country, a new service line through our business, I'm exploring new research. I am with a client exploring their learning histories. That's really important to me. Um, the fact that I can do those things authentically. Mm-hmm. Um, authenticity is the third because the first two don't matter if I'm inauthentic. Mm-hmm. Um, having impact, right? Because the first three don't matter if I'm not having impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and trust. Um, trust is very important to me. Um, and I always throw in an overarching um, value of truth. Is it true? Is it true? Is it true? I have uh, I, the researcher scientist in me needs to know the truth. It it yeah. calms me, <laughs> even the even the hard truths, which is probably why the book is so raw. Um, I I like getting hit in the face with truth because it's knowledge and it's power, and I can move on and apply that somewhere. And so I've done a lot of values work. I find that if I am living through those values and every day I can say, did I hit at least a couple of these? Did I mm-hmm. violate? Did I, did I engage in anything that violated mm-hmm. these values? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's my idea of success and pra- pragmatically to have time for spirituality. I do a lot of meditation, manifestation, journaling, all the well being stuff that I do, which is a huge part of my day. Spending time with my dogs, you know, just, just getting that balance. And I know balance is, I think, triggering for a lot of people at this point because (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm single and I don't have children. And both of those things are by choice. I have two fur babies and a home of my own and two businesses and a second book on the way and a first book that is just wrapping up her press tour. So I have a lot, you know, going on that I care about, but I don't have anybody else really tugging at my attention that needs me. And if you do, it's, I truly believe you can have that balance, but it's asking for it and demanding it and making it a non-negotiable. And so, um, it's not everybody's idea of success, but it's mine. Yeah. Well, and that's fine because it is, it's a personal definition. Um, you just dropped a little nugget and I want to pick that nugget up. You have a second book on the way. Can you tell us about it? I do. Um, yeah, it came to me when I was, I'm moving my whole life to Nashville. And so I'm in the middle of selling. You are. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, we have more things to talk about. (laughs) So many things have happened. When I decide to act, I act. Um, I hear that. So Moving to Nashville, put my house on the market last week. I've only been here a, not even a year. I was here. I left LA of November last year, so I'm almost at my two my one year anniversary of leaving LA. 
um, to move here. And so after a lot of things happened this year and soul searching and energy work, um, moving to Nashville. So that's awesome. Yes. I'm really excited about that. Um, and so I was in Nashville looking at properties and I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, which happens to be my favorite time of day to wake up. It's my creative witching hour. And it to go into the book, probably uh, I'll give a high level because it's a long story, but it's essentially evaluating emotionally, spiritually, mentally, societally, the point where we are faced with everything that we want. Mm. Maybe it's just everything. Maybe it's everything. Maybe it's just one thing. We're faced with this opportunity to be successful. Mm-hmm. And we don't take it. Ooh. And what happens in that moment? I start with this childhood story of I was doing this very physically challenging thing for my athleticism and body type. And um, I almost made it to the top of this thing. And my a harness that I was wearing got caught. And all I had to do was push myself off of what, what it was caught on and pull myself the rest of the way. Um, but I started to struggle and I started to struggle in front of people and mm. I chose good enough. And I asked mm. them to pull me down, which was soul crushing. Yeah. But I, I knew, I, I know I was crying up there and I got down and I wiped my tears. I was like, oh yeah, I basically made it. It's fine. And I kind of brushed it off. But the inner 12 year old in me was like, fuck, like I, I could have, now that I'm down here, I could, it was so easy. I just had to do the Mm -hmm. thing. And, and I really, that, that surfaced for me at three o'clock in the morning. And as I was falling back asleep and uh, the sentence came to me and it was, and life has been some form of that sense for a lot of people. And I was like, wow, that's very true. We're afraid of our power. We're afraid of success. We, we, I see people in coaching all the time. I can't because I can't because Mm-hmm. Oh, you did all the work to find your authentic self. Great. Go do that. I can't because people won't like it. What? Mm. Um, I can't because I can't. Yeah, but yeah, but I can't because. And that that's that we have 10%, maybe even 5% more to go. Everything is there. We just step into it. And I think as women, there's this harness where it's like, <laughs> like it kind of, you move yeah. forward, but it catches you. Yeah. I can't because I don't want to, I don't really want it. Yes, you do. Why are you telling yourself you don't? And so it's really exploring what that looks like um, and how to stop being, you know, almost exceptional, almost something, almost awesome, almost successful, almost something. And really just saying, here the fuck I am and stepping into it. Yeah, because that's that's magic to me. Oh, my God, that is magic. It brings me back to. um I don't know. I was in like maybe sixth grade or something. And like Brandy came out with almost doesn't count. I think that was the name of the song. Anyway, like, yeah, almost doesn't count. I love that. Um, please let me know when that book comes out. I would love to be one of your pre-orders. Um, that sounds awesome. That's that's awesome. Are you burnt out, exhausted, stuck, uninspired? Sounds a lot like me in 2021 but I took the time and created the space to figure out what I really wanted. And then I made it a reality. That's what we're doing for other women business owners in our defining success workshop series. 
Take the time to really define what you want, and then let's build a roadmap to make it happen. Our workshops are filled with strategic and tactical takeaways, are very action-oriented, and help you create change starting immediately. RSVP today for our December 1st Defining Success for Owners Workshop Series in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and visit us at ricksworkshops.com, that's R-I-X workshops.com, to learn more about our 2023 upcoming quarterly workshops in Nashville, Phoenix, Chicago, and Milwaukee. So you've got your first book out. Now you've got, you've got the start of a second book coming. How has this impacted your business and your company? I think I've enjoyed the process of writing and launching Fuckless so much because it has nothing to do with my business. Um, nice. I've, we have such a linear way of thinking that when I started writing the book and when it was published, everybody kept asking me, well, how does this serve your business? How does this serve you? And I mm-hmm. said, because I had to write it. And yep. so I wrote it. And that's the answer that I have for you. <laughs> um, it's not, it's not part of some master plan. Um, you know, my press tour, you know, helps being published in Oprah daily and Newsweek and today and, and all these big outlets has been awesome. Um, it certainly helped me personally and professionally. Um, and I do incorporate some of the work I suppose into coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I really leave it up to people who come to me for coaching to say, I loved your book and I like, I want this, right. Then we can get into it. Okay. And then we can, we can explore that. Um, but coaching is something I only take on a small amount of coaches a year, not more than 10 because I am relaunching my, um, my cultural analytics company work well. And so I can serve more people. Uh, that way I can more profoundly mm-hmm. impact lives that way. And so we're bringing on a COO and we have a chief relationship officer and that's kind of what the Nashville move is about. And so this is okay. my, yeah, work well is my primary baby. Um, you know, sadly as a woman, if, if anything, fuckless might hurt me because I'm out there being a raw, colorful woman in the world where I'm supposed to be a very mm. demure female founder who no. doesn't, doesn't say fuck and doesn't do all these things. No, but, fuck um, that. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I said. And I was like, you know, it, it is what it is, right? And so I think, you know, you'll. Um, I've gotten a lot of advice that is very well intended, but the older I get, the more I realize people don't know what they're talking about for the most part. And so (laughs) it's like in in most areas of life, people have no, they're just talking. They're all opinions. Well, and perception is reality, right? And so I, I experienced this, therefore it's my truth, not the truth. And so I, you know, I really appreciate when people say, well, I did this or I did that. You know, I'm a, I'm a researcher. I'm an information gatherer. I want to hear it mm-hmm. all. But if I'm going through something or if I'm kind of struggling with something, I'll ask 10 friends, right? One's yeah. more heart-centered, one's more analytical, one's more brash, one's more on the calm side. And I get all these different opinions about what I should do. Mm-hmm. But the right one hits different, right? Somebody's saying, well, from what I know about you, you did this and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they'll ask a question or, or, and have a point that lands with me, Mm -hmm. intuition kicks in and goes, yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm good with this decision, right? It doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean it's 100% right. It means this is the decision that I'm good with. 
And if I fail, at least I did it on my own terms. And so if we have trouble raising money or, you know, whatever, because of fuck list, I got told the other day that a founder doesn't swear or drink or anything. And they probably wouldn't beta, beta test our assessment because I had written fuck list. And I was like, well, then they don't get it. Wow. You know, they don't, they don't get it. And that's okay. That's, mm. um, we want to look for, for our people, not, yeah. I don't want to spend my time convincing people, right? It's just finding your people, not convincing yep. people. Yep. Yep. Um, Quick story. Uh, the tagline for this podcast is um, uh, talks about getting shit done. And um, initially, when we launched, my dad was like, "I don't think you should swear in your podcast." <laughs> and I was like, "I love you so much, Dad, but you're not my audience." And then I like the following week, I got a client because she was like, "I'm that person. I get shit done." And I'm like, "Thank you for proving my point." Yes, like, and that's go find we- your people. <laughs> Name it and go find your people. But that's um, another reason for authenticity, right? If I act like everyone else and give everyone else what they want from me, I'm going to be miserable. I'm not going to attract the people that truly get me and mm-hmm. bring out the best in me. Um, and I have friends all over the world that have interesting lives and they they encourage me to be myself and they they love me when I'm the best, you know, most authentic version and me them. And so... I think the world needs a lot more of that. I agree. Um, on that note, Jenna, let's uh, we'll wrap up and let you get going here. But on, in terms of what the world might need, um, what impact or uh, legacy do you want to leave? Hmm. I hope that when I expire on this planet. I have made, and I, you know, I think this is an overarching theme for a lot of people. I think everybody wants to leave it better than they found it. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, I think the best thing that anybody could ever say about me or my work is she inspired authenticity. Mm -hmm. She inspired my bravery and something she said or did made me make my life better, right? We're anybody in this line of work is a conduit mm-hmm. for change. And so I've gotten messages from around the world from people who love this book and they um, over attribute the changes they've made to something that I said or did or represented to them. But at the end of the day, that's we're just a catalyst you know, we're just a catalyst mm-hmm. for change. And so I'm so proud of people. My response is always, that was mostly you, right? You yeah. could have, you could have read those three truths and been like, oh yeah. And just moved on and not changed anything. You could read the book and not change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that are out there doing the work and investing in themselves, I want to find them and, and give them whatever they need. We all need support. There's only so much we can do on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so if I can support people in evolving and elevating their lives to, to greater peace and happiness and abundance, that's, that's what I want. That's a good legacy. Um, all right. My last question for you, dear, is what is your greatest insight or discovery about life and entrepreneurship? Oh, that's a whole other podcast, isn't it? Um, <laughs> how much time do we have? My greatest insight into entrepreneurship, 
Life and entrepreneurship. Life and entrepreneurship. Uh, they're one and the same for me as far as lessons go. I see a lot reflected um, in both. Don't ever give up. Mm. Don't ever, ever give up. If you find something that you love, don't give up. Um, that's what life's about, right? We all have our different reasons and purposes for being here. Um, but in life, I think that there are so many derailers, whether they're perceived or real, whether they're people or a lack of resources or whatever. Um, I guess getting back to the tagline of your podcast, if you want to get shit done, whether that's a book, a company, making a family of your own, moving to a different country, whatever, um, don't let anything get in your way. Um, there's this great quote of, um, I believe it's by Emerson or Thoreau. It's uh, it talks about conscious endeavor um, and believing in the ability of humanity to elevate their lives by conscious endeavor. Um, mm. And I think in life and in entrepreneurship, it really is about conscious, intentional, aligned moves of integrity every single day, no matter what you're doing. Oof, I love that. I'm going to go back and write those words down and like really sit on that. That was very well put. Very well put. Um, all right, Gianna, thank you so much for joining us for all of our listeners. Um, if they want to reach out or get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to find you? They can go to giannabiscontini.com, which is my lifestyle design coaching website. They can check out our employee well-being at workwell, W3RKWELL.com. And I'm at giannabiscontini on Instagram and on LinkedIn as well. Lovely. We'll make sure that's in the show notes. Um, for anyone listening, if you loved this conversation with Gianna as much as I have, please go ahead and leave a review. And Gianna, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. As always, it's been a pleasure. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com. 